Welcome to the Service Department News Podcast, where we discuss all the latest news and developments from across the service department, apart hotel and extended stay sectors. Hello and welcome to the Service Department News Podcast. I'm Felicity Cousins, Assistant Editor of Service Department News, and today I'm talking to Daniel Johansson, Director of Development and Acquisitions for the Cheval Collection. Hi, Daniel. Hi, good morning. Hi, good to, good to speak to you today. Um, there's quite a lot going on with the collection at the moment with your different brands. You've got three brands. Um, could you just kind of sum up the last couple of years and the triumphs and tricky parts for, for the group? Yeah, sure, with pleasure. Um, I mean, in terms of triumphs, I think just being able to stay open throughout has mm-hmm. been an achievement. Um, achieving reasonable good occupancies and ADRs through 2020 and 2021, uh, and, and now already sort of being at the 2019 performance for a full 2022 is, wow. is a triumph in its own. Yeah. And then I would also say sort of keeping your colleagues or most of them at work, uh, we had extremely limited furlough and redundancy, uh, and obviously from a development perspective, what I focus on, the fact that we've grown throughout has been, has been great. Uh, and, and I think service departments have just really come into its own. Yeah. It's a real interest from investors and developers. And, and uh, I mean, it was, it was already popular and that Cheval has been operating for service departments for 40 years, but the pandemic sort of really catapulted service departments into the limelight and I, and I it, it's it's good timing for us because we're now really ambitious uh, about our growth um, and to to highlight or flag some of the trickier parts I think just knowing what or not knowing rather what to forecast because you didn't really know what was going to happen as you were looking ahead for the next six months it was very hard to tell um, it was finger in the air moment at times and and also there were a lot of late bookings and last minute cancellations. So yeah. what, whatever you had on the books just didn't really mean that much because until the guest actually arrived and yeah. paid the bill, I mean, you, 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 because we were giving so much flexibility, you didn't really know where, how the year was going to pan out. And then yeah. I think... Sorry, sorry. sorry. Well, well, that kind of brings me on to your... Um, you did like a survey recently, didn't you, about about your guests and how they were traveling, like a behavioral thing. Um, and it seems like um, leisure travel has bounced back quite significantly, but the business travelers perhaps aren't getting back on the horse so quickly. Is that no, you're, yeah, you're right. Um, it was an interesting survey. And I, I, I think that, that there are people traveling on business throughout but obviously in much, much smaller numbers. Um, there's been a good bounce back because you know, people had paused or parked trips. Uh, and then as re- most of the restrictions were lifted, these were happening again. But I think there will be a, a part of corporate business that will disappear. Um, uh, businesses have to look after their carbon footprints. Uh, and they've also seen a huge saving in, in limiting some of that travel. But I think generally, so the behavior from what I can see hasn't changed massively. Length of stay for service departments is, is quite similar. 
Right. But there are just perhaps more people choosing service departments now. Well, that's what's interesting, isn't it? I wonder if, I mean, I've spoken to a few people about how, yeah, some business travellers have been introduced to service departments since the pandemic. Maybe they wouldn't have used them before. Um, and it's the question Ooh. of whether they continue to use them now Now the hotels, you know, are back on and and whether they choose service departments over hotels, whereas before they may have just gone to hotels. Yeah. And I think, I think and there are a lot of the brands and we can see there's a lot of activity. And I think there are more and more brands either pulling out that brand they had in the drawer going, this is now the flavour of the month, or mm. uh, they're coming up with new brands and creating new things. Yeah, absolutely. They're adapting, aren't they, to the, to the situation. Um, how? So you have the Cheval residences and Cheval Maison. How are they performing? Um, I know you've touched lightly on that, but how are they doing? Yeah. I, I mean, they, they have been performing well throughout, and uh, we're now seeing a, a really good, strong summer. Uh, so we have, in terms of residence and Cheval Maison, we have 11 residence properties and one Cheval Maison. Yeah. Uh, and we're due to open another two Cheval Maison properties. Um, one is in Frankfurt. Um, so that's opening with 180 apartments next year. Uh, and another one is scheduled for uh, 2025. And that's in Glasgow, which we recently, we very recently announced. So we... <laughs> Performance yeah. has been quite good. Um, so we're optimistic, but I, I don't think you can, in today's world, ignore all the things going on, whether it's on the war or labour or inflation or utility interest. I mean, all of it, of course, um, surely we're all going to see some impact from, from that. Of course, of course. And and the Cheval Maison um, brand, obviously, you're, you're concentrating on Frankfurt and then... Glasgow. Glasgow is also the location for your first My Loconda, um, which is yeah. actually opening. Is that ne- is that next year or is it the year after? Uh, so the My Loconda in Glasgow is coming online in 2024. Yeah. So you're right about the, the Cheval Maisons. Uh, um, it, we, we recently announced that one in Glasgow. Uh, that's at West Regent Street. Yes, seven departments, a gym, lobby, F&B, uh, and a great rooftop. And we had announced in 2019 uh, another property in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, that one is, is on hold. Uh, that Barsha have... Is that Barsha Heights? Is that that's, right, that's right, that's yeah. right. Uh, but we have another uh, Dubai conversation on the go, which is quite exciting. Uh, we would love to do more in the Middle East and we would look to Asia as well because we don't really have sort of any geographical limits. Uh, the team is really experienced, it's well-structured and, and there's sort of capacity to do more. So I'm just working as fast as possible to bring mm-hmm. new projects on board and new assets to manage. Uh, but we, we have a very clear focus on UK, Europe uh, and the Middle East. And, okay. I, I, and of course, there's the, the Frankfurt property coming along. Yeah, of course. And and when you say um, you're focusing on maybe the Middle East as well, um, is that for, for all brands or just um, one of one of them? Yeah, no, it, it would be for all because okay. I think they're covering quite the nice spectrum where you have Cheval residences for the more luxury offering, large apartments, Cheval Maison with a little bit more flexibility starting yeah. at the studio and so on. 
and also a high specification, but with more flex. And, and then we have MiloCanda, which is a slightly more affordable entry point from a development perspective, as well as a paying customer. And would you say that that brand's kind of targeting like the digital nomad kind of craze that's going on? Or could, could they stay anywhere? I, I mean, we're hoping to <laughs> target yeah. all types of guests, but yes, for sure. Uh, it would be suitable uh, as you would still have a kitchen. You could, it's suitable for both long and short stay. Yeah. Uh, we see though, though with Mylocanda, it being just naturally more transient business. Right. As you have a smaller apartment, it's not as comfortable staying in perhaps the larger maison or residence for a longer time. Sure. Okay. Thanks for explaining that. Um, obviously, it's the business travel show uh, this week. Um, are you is, are you going to announce the Dubai any Dubai news over the next couple of days, or can you give us any more hints about that? Uh, no, I don't have anything that soon. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, okay. We, we have lots of exciting discussions on the go. Yeah. Uh, but we obviously have to be mindful of until everything, every box is ticked and everything is signed and done. You don't, you don't announce anything, of course. No, no. Lots of exciting very, things exciting. happen. It's very exciting then. It's exciting times. Have you got any other news you'd like to share with us? Or I, I mean, we're doing lots of things behind the scenes, uh, whether it's ESG, uh, property upgrades, uh, the team growing or or strategy is always something going on. We're just we're, we're really enjoying the moment, um, having fun expanding, and hopefully we we can share some more updates uh, along the way. Um, Glasgow and and my Lacanda is, is at at the forefront right now. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot of um, work going on with that because it is. It's the first Mylocanda being created. And why, why did you choose Glasgow as your first location? Um, I mean, first of all, we think obviously Glasgow is a great city. We're opening in a really prime location. Uh, and, but what primarily swayed us was the fact that the owner for the portfolio of service apartments uh, that we operate in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. this is Chris Stewart of Chris Stewart Group, uh, he spoke to us about his site in Glasgow uh, and the scheme just it looked really good and we very quickly realized that this would be perfect perfect fit for a Mylocanda. So uh, it, it's a new build so we could really test the concept. It's a tower, it's sort of giving great views, there are really it'll be superb public areas and adjacent F&B so the whole the whole development and the surrounding is coming to life so and and then with that location you can capture students business leisure and and it's by the way it's also a joint venture Mm -hmm. so we really wanted to show everyone that we believe in this brand as uh, as much as anyone else so it's, it's also proof of concept yeah, absolutely. And and when you mentioned the new build, obviously there's going to be lots of sustainability um, hoops you've got to jump through. Um, how's that going? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've always been trying to do our best. I think everyone likes to do that part. But yeah, for sure, we've seen in, in uh, conversations about development debt and financing that it, it's a really hot topic. Um, so we... we 
I mean, not only have been, we've been trying to monitor our uh, consumption and carbon footprints for some time, but we have also engaged uh, earlier this year on a, on a quite a significant ESG strategy because you need to be able to articulate yourself when you sit down at these meetings. There's, you can't no longer say, oh yeah, we're working on it. They, they want to see evidence uh, and they want to see a fact. Well, absolutely. And, and obviously corporate um, travel buyers and bookers are looking at that, that very closely as well at the moment, aren't they? So, well, and yeah. going forward. So everyone's got to be on board with it, haven't they? Absolutely. That's great. Daniel, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Um, um, I wish you good luck with all the, all the news that's coming out. And I really look forward to hearing more about the expansion into the Middle East and Asia. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hopefully there's an opportunity to uh, do another one like this and uh, we'll, have, we'll have more updates. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Service Department News Podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with all the latest industry news, visit servicedepartmentnews.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter. Service Department News is part of the International Hospitality Media Portfolio.